and you're listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Evan. Love being here, Paul, because we've got another great topic to be talking about today. We're already geared up at full power and standing on the brakes to keep from going anywhere. Before we started, one of our producers, Stephanie, and I were talking. She said, you know what, Paul? I know that you, like me, get the example, but are also fighting with the example because it can't be that simple. I tell you what, it is that simple. We just don't want to believe it is. And it it goes back to this whole issue of our walk with the Lord actually is extremely simple. And I'm going to even say easy because... We don't trust that the Holy Spirit can work through us. Well, then would you pray and open the door? (laughs) Lord, thank you so much that you truly have given us everything we need for life and godliness. We have said that so many times, but we need to remind ourselves that that is true. You've given us your life, the life of Christ. You've given us your spirit to energize that life in us. The problem is, is we're not willing to trust you. We're only willing to trust ourselves or something other than you. I pray for our words and the ears of uh, uh, everybody to be able to hear your word in the way that you want us to do life. In your precious name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. So getting the example, because most of us have slept since the last time we talked, and here it is. Husband and wife are in your office. She's drawn up the divorce papers. They're ready to get divorced. There's been an adulterous affair. And you ask the magic question, Yeah, the magic question. We didn't talk about that last time, but uh, basically the magic question goes something like this. If you go to sleep tonight, and when you're asleep, the problem goes away. The problem is solved. But you don't know it because you're asleep. And you get up the next day, and you see things are changed. What small things do you think you would be seeing if the problem was no longer there? Since you don't know that it's solved because you were asleep, what small things would you see that are different? And in order for the magic question to really work well, you can't really just ask that of yourself. You really need to have somebody else kind of work you through that to be able to start seeing those small little things. In this particular example that I'm giving to you that was so dramatic, It was almost immediate uh, that the woman came up with these things. She didn't have to really think about it a lot. She is almost immediate that she she said those things. Which is funny. This is a woman who's filed divorce papers, hates her husband, or says she does. Or at least, or at least says she doesn't love him. And she's had an affair. She's on her way Mm -hmm. out the door, and you say, "How would you know that it changed?" And it comes right out. Yeah, and notice why it comes right out. Because when you get all of the bad thinking out of the way, just think, just consider this. She no longer has all that bad thinking in the way. The magic question is coming at it from a totally different perspective, 180 degrees the opposite direction. She's used to looking at it from the bad thinking viewpoint, driving bad feelings, driving bad actions. When you take her to the opposite side and say, it's gone, it's not a problem anymore, you're not even thinking this way. If you were thinking differently, what actions would you be taking? So what did she say? She said, I will get up, I will hug him, I will make him coffee or make him breakfast, and I'll kiss him goodbye every morning. Those were the three things she came up with. Real simple little actions. Now, just think about that. How simple were those little actions? Way simple. And at the same time, they're actions that require better thinking, right? 
It doesn't mean that she's going to have these ooey-gooey feelings of wanting to hug him. What is she doing? She's thinking, okay, I am to hug him today. I'm to kiss him. I'm to uh, make him uh, coffee or even breakfast. I'm going to do that. Now, she could have a bad attitude about it, and the, the results would be totally different, right? Because right. she'd be going, okay, I said that I'd do this, and I'm a, I'm a person of my word, and but I'm going to do this back, for 30 days. But that goes back to obligation and taking the freedom, and we've already discussed that. We've discussed all that, but notice again, keep this simple. You don't need to have a lot of complexity in these things. It's so simple. All she needs to do is act in that way, trust that that's the correct actions, and see what happens. As opposed to if she goes and does those actions with this obligatory mindset, she's not trusting that those actions are good. She's actually trusting that they're lousy. And that'll drive a totally different result. So notice, again, how the thinking, feeling, acting is showing up. If I'm feeling obligated, it's going to drive different actions and different feelings. If I'm feeling like it just makes sense for me to do this, I'm going to try this. I, I want to have a better relationship. I really do. I'm going to think that way, and I'm going to act accordingly. So it gets to be a gets to, don't got to. That's right. The want and have to fit into this very dramatically. That's right. Okay, so let me go back over this for a second if I can, because it's powerful. When Steph and I were talking this morning, there was a lot of emotion in it where we get the example, but how much both of us internally were fighting with the example. And the reason why we were fighting with the example is we refuse to believe that it's that easy. Right. Why do I not want to believe that it's that easy? Why do I not want to trust God? I, I can't answer that specifically. I will just say that's the sin nature working against us. It goes back to the fundamental question of life. Why in the world would I be willing to trust something that simple? It's got to be more complex. How in the world would I trust that God's death, the, the Son of God, died on the cross for my sins. Why would I trust that? There's, it's got to be more complex. All of these things fit into that same format. And God is saying specifically, look, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Think as I have asked you to think. Philippians 4.8. Think of those. In fact, if you here's a very simple little assignment. Let me, let me ask you to do this assignment. For everyone that is thinking negatively about their spouse, get Philippians 4.8. There's basically seven items in Philippians 4.8, and I want you to take all seven of those items and try to put something in relationship to your spouse under each one of those items. Now, here's how I'm going to say you to do this. Let me give you the verse, Philippians 4.8. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, whatsoever is praiseworthy, think on these things, okay? Now, if I, I, I did this, and it, it had a big impact on me. I did it just uh, kind of winging it one uh, Sunday evening at our, uh, our, our Bible study at our house. And it has made a tremendous impact on me to sit there and go, hey, what's true about Louie? And write some items. What's true about her? What's just about Louie? Write some items. What's noble about Louie? Write some items. What's pure about Louie? Write some items. You talk about having an impact on, it had an impact on me. I don't know if it had an impact on anybody else, but I kept that sheet of paper so that I can look at those things from time to time instead of typically what goes on in our mind. What goes on in your mind as you're thinking about somebody most of the time? It's all of those negative things, right? Normally, what have they done for me lately? Exactly. And we 
are doing exactly the opposite of what God has asked us to do. We are to focus on our own behavior and to pursue the best for the other patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Where have we heard that? No kidding. Where have we heard that? And this is a simple little assignment to test yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down what's true about Louis, and I'm going to think on those things. I'm going to renew my mind to truth. And that's, you're, Satan does not want you to believe that it's that straightforward and that easy. But this Philippians 4, eight. Bless God, we can do that for our spouses, but not just stop there. I could do it with my boss. I could do it with my Anybody. friends. Almost any of my relationships should be this Philippians 4.8. Excellent point. Excellent point, because it is going to end up having a chance to change your life. If you start thinking this way of Philippians 4.8 and operate with the Romans chapter 12, verses, uh, verse 1 and 2, you will have an opportunity to see how you can actually become thankful for all things, even that jerk of a boss that you're, that you're complaining about right now. <laughs> because God is always blessing me. Bless God. So there you have it. There's a direct invitation from Herman. Take the stress out of your relationships by making them great. Greatrelationships.com. That's gr relationships.com. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and uh, what's that I keep forgetting? Oh, yes, your minds. It's hard to think well. Simple Tools for Brain Surgery gives you the right tools. Here's Worldview Academy's Bill Jack. Have you ever passed by the magazine racks in a bookstore or supermarket and noticed what graces the cover of nearly every magazine on the rack except for perhaps popular mechanics? It's pictures of people. In fact, one of the more popular magazines is, that's right, People Magazine. That's because people love to look at other people. Perhaps as you stared at a person on the cover, you thought, what an interesting looking person. I'd like to meet that person. Then maybe you heard an interview with that very individual shortly thereafter, and they sounded nothing like what they appeared to be on the magazine cover. In fact, they sounded durr stupid. You see, we're all attracted to image, but image isn't everything. Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, go to worldview.org. And we're back. Greatrelationships.com. GR numeral 8 relationships.com, the website. I always thought that was hard to say until I had to talk about this. <laughs> Herman, before the break, we've got a man and a woman in your office. Mm -hmm. She is so unhappy with her relationship that she's even tried to scorch the earth by going out in an adulterous affair. Mm -hmm. Divorce papers are drawn up. Mm -hmm. She's on her way out the door, but there's something that's bringing the two of them into your office, bless God. Mm -hmm. You asked the magic question. The magic question is... The magic question goes something like this. If you go to sleep tonight, and when you're asleep, the problem goes away. The problem is solved. But you don't know it because you're asleep. And you get up the next day and you see things are changed. What small things do you think you would be seeing 
if the problem was no longer there? Since you don't know that it's solved because you were asleep, what small things would you see that are different? See the whole details on that if you go on online to Great Relationships, gra8relationships.com, and see the magic question format out there. So it's a, it's a great little tool. But anyway, yes, she decided to act on those three items. And then what were you thinking? We have the issue of adultery. Mm-hmm. And in so many relationships, marriages or not, you know, just where people are, they think as soon as they're intimate with someone else, that's it. They've scorched the earth. Mm. You can't love me. The Bible says you have to divorce me. This is a showstopper. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting to see that. And again, that'd be a great thing to go to chapter 11 and see what the Bible says about divorce. Great information there to consider. Most people have a tendency to go, well, adultery's happened, you know, got to have a divorce, got to have it. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, the what, reason- what, what, did, what does Jesus say? Divorce happens because of the hardness of our heart. heart. And it's an option, even if there's adultery in there. The hardness the- of our heart, not because the softness of our morals That's or our right. indiscretion. No. So the reason why I'm picking this up is it's just interesting to me. Here is this woman who's had an adulterous affair, and she's in your office because there's clearly something deep inside her desiring hope. I don't know that for a fact, but she obviously, and he he definitely wanted to save the marriage, which was great. But you asked the magic question. You said if you went to bed mm-hmm. tonight and somehow mysteriously everything was resolved, you woke up in the morning, what would you notice? She didn't even hesitate to tell you what it was. That's right, right. And I know couple after couple where mm-hmm. there has been a case of infidelity as a way of trying to put a nuclear bomb to the relationship so we can't go back because of bad thinking. Get the big idea that we're trying to bring about here. The big idea is that if you get good thinking, then there is a much better chance for better actions and better feelings. I want to remind you right now, Paul, of the two most important words you need to remember about emotions. Can you remember what those are? Yes, sir. Good for you. What are they? They are responders. Uh, 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 No, no, they're uh, responders. (laughs) Okay, exactly. They're not initiators, they're responders, and that they are untrustworthy. And with that, I want to throw in this tiny little plug. The name of this show is Great Relationships, Not Hope for Adulterers. And when you told me about those two words, and I keep trying to say stinking thinking and being emotion-led, you said, no, it's about your stinking thinking. So when I'm talking about this adultery and everything around it, it's stinking thinking. I need to change my focus. That's right. We We want to understand that if we have God's thinking about life, we will see things through God's eyes, which is the essence of godliness. When I see things through his eyes and then my actions and my feelings will be responding to right thinking. And that's how life will work best. If you have bad thinking, if you have stinking thinking as I can't remember who coined that phrase originally, but nevertheless, stinking thinking, it's going to drive stinking emotions and stinking actions. That's how life typically works. So the issue for us is the idea that not only will you end up having these situations in your in your relationships, but just think about this. Where do you think anxiety comes from? Where do you think depression comes from? Most often, in fact, research shows that most often people that just have bad thinking is what's driving this depression and and anxiety. But let me give you God's answer to at least 
some form of depression. I'm not trying to classify that, that we're speaking to medical issues here or any, anything else. But here is a really important issue to consider for depression. Isaiah 58.10. Now listen to Isaiah 58.10. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. What does that mean? That means it fits exactly back to what we had that woman do. Isaiah 58.10 is saying, go take these actions and notice what happens to you. When you go serve somebody else, when you go serve them and you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul, guess what happens to you? Your mind and your, your feelings come around. It totally transforms your life, so to speak. And that is a critical issue for us to consider. We need to be operating good thinking, driving good actions. And sometimes we just need to act on the thinking because your feelings don't want to support it. You know, whenever I got into a really crummy place, my mentor used to say, go serve somebody. That's right. In fact, you'll find that is a key element for people that are going through difficult situations like amputated uh, limbs. They end up getting them to go serve somebody else because they know good and well if they allow them to sit there, the swirling, sucking vortex of despair comes to play. We start going into all of these mind games about how bad life is. I got to get that sound effect. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There is that swirling, sucking vortex of doom. That's right. We go down the porcelain receptacle rather quickly from those type of situations. May I ask a question, please? Mm-hmm. This husband and wife, what if they refuse to change their thinking? Well, it's you have the answer to that. That's a simple one, right? Yeah. It's very simple. I mean, just notice that from our, for our own lives. We can hear the truth, but if we don't want to assimilate that truth and act according to it, life's not going to change. You're going to end up operating in a bad place. Bad actions, bad feelings are going to show up. That's just the way it works. Now, here's another thing to consider. This is often asked as I, as I provide that example. And people will say, well, that's just faking it till you make it. Well, you can, you can think negatively about that phrase. You can think positively. I don't care. But what does it de- is demonstrative of? Well, here's, here's what's so interesting. I really don't believe that when you are acting according to good thinking, that you're faking it till you make it. Now, why do I not believe that? Because your thinking is where you really want to be. That's the concept of the real you. I've made that decision. I've made that decision. That isn't, I'm not being fake about that. To do these actions on a regular basis, I may feel like I'm a hypocrite because my feelings are trying to say that you really don't have that feeling toward them right now. That's not fake. You're actually being real when you're doing those type of things. That lady was actually being real. She was wanting to have that relationship change or she wouldn't have taken those actions. That isn't fake. That is operating out of being a real person. Your emotions are the things that are fake. That's, that's what's fake. I'm glad you said that because it mm-hmm. sounds like almost false accusation out of the pit of hell. Faking it till you make it is false. You're not being real. That's not true. You know, in a ship, 
when you put the rudder over to turn the ship, you have a thing called advance and transfer. Mm-hmm. I've made the decision. I've put the wheel over, uh-huh. but it takes a bit for the ship to come up on that new course, and right. we might want to call it, fake it till you make it. But that's not true. I've made that decision. That's right. I, it, that's a great example, a tremendous example, because it takes time for that ship to turn, right? Especially the larger it is, the longer it takes to turn, a couple of miles in some situations, right? So the issue for us is as we change our thinking toward God's way, don't expect your emotions just immediately jump on board and go, oh, this is cool. No, actually, it's going to go exactly the opposite. Your mind is a system just like your relationship with your family is a system. And when that system starts getting changed, it's going to fight against it. Everything in that system does not want to change. Starts shaking. That's exactly right. It doesn't want to change. It does not want you to be different. And especially your sin nature is going to fight against it. That's the concept of the flesh and the spirit are at war for you. Wow, there's the elephant in the room that we never talk about, Mm -hmm. our sin nature. So in that office, in your office, was husband and wife, their desires to do better, and their sin nature fighting every bit of it. We'll be back right after this. Great definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is love? Love is pursuing the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great definitions for great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And we are Great Relationships, GRNumeral8Relationships.com. This is one of those programs where you're going to want to go back and listen and also check out the videos on the website. Mm-hmm. Herman, I'm feeling like a lot of people right now probably listening, and I'm exhausted. Frankly, mm. I am tired and mm. I'm fed up, mm. and I'm just seconds away from not liking you. <laughs> because I'm supposed to do all this, and I feel like I'm doing everything. That is a good example right there of what's going on, what we're talking about. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, because they aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Now, where does that take us? It takes us all the way back to the foundation of this Darn entire... Darn skippy. <laughs> it, it takes us back to the foundation of the entire course. The problem in every relationship is you make everything about me, 
the solution in every relationship is to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. If a person is sitting there saying, I'm just sick and tired, I have to do all this my own, what's their thinking? Their thinking is all about me. And God is saying that is not the answer for great relationships. The great relationships occur when you have your thinking toward the other person. Like we were saying in the last segment, Isaiah 58.10. Isaiah 58.10 is saying, I'm going to take some actions for the benefit of somebody else. And guess what happens to me? My light will dawn in the darkness and it's going to be like the noonday. In fact, if you read some more on that passage, it's, it's just tremendous to see what God says is going to happen to you. I'm so tired and I'm so frustrated that this whole discussion about changing my thinking, unconditional love, and what you're really saying is it's not about them at all. It's not about them at all. If you are sitting there tired and exhausted for doing what's right, then I hope that you could actually have a good attitude about that because here's where I want your emotions. That's what this whole program is about in the previous program is emotions. One of the key things that you as a person can do is stop putting your emotions into what the other person is doing and start putting your emotions into whether I'm doing right according to what God wants me to do. Now, just think about the difference. If I am constantly looking at you, Paul, and saying, you know, it just irritates me that I'm doing everything right and you aren't, notice where my emotions are. It's all about our horizontal relationship, as opposed to if I were thinking about this God's way, I'd be going, you know, Paul's actions aren't exactly like I'd like them to be, but that's his issue, and I'm going to speak to him when I need to. At the same time, I'm going to continue to do what's right because my emotions are tied up in whether I am working with my vertical relationship with the Lord. But Herman, I read it. I get it. It says, don't ever tire of doing good. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if God even sees me. I am exhausted. I can't go anymore. Well, I guess I can, but I don't want to. I just want to die right here. If you wrote that statement out, what would be the focus? If that statement were presented as if it were presented to an audience, who is the audience of that statement? They're going to say it's my pain and suffering is the focal That's point. exactly right. You're, you're basically saying, look at me. I'm making all these statements because I want you to look at me. I'm the audience of that statement. And is that wrong? I mean, they've done all this horrible stuff. They treat me terrible. Well, the issue is who is actually in control? God. We all know that. And we don't want to believe that. And we are falling for the simple strategy uh, that Satan is going to use every time. And it's never, ever different. What is driving all of that bad thinking is... I don't trust that God is who he says he is and that all of this could actually work for my good. Satan has got you believing, got you thinking incorrectly, and therefore your feelings are responding to that bad thinking and your actions are showing up in bad actions toward other people. So you want me to start lifting my head up and start renewing my faith? Now, just that's exactly right. Think about this. Here's a simple little procedure that you can use. We call it face, body, speak or face body breathe you can really apply this when you are in a really difficult situation and you're feeling sad let's say that you're feeling sad right now all you have to do to recognize how you can change those feelings you can change those feelings through this face body breathe 
I'm feeling sad right now, so I'm going to first start with my face, and I'm going to put a smile on my face. But I'm sad. I don't want to have a smile on my face. Well, just put the smile on your face anyway. Okay. Okay. Got the smile on my face. Body. If I'm sad and I'm standing, how might I be standing? You mean you don't like my smiling slouch? (laughs) That's exactly what we'll be doing. We'll probably be slouching. Or if we're sitting, we'll probably be slumped over in some form, right? So face, smile, body, sit with good posture, stand up straight. Now, my feelings don't want me to be doing that. I don't feel like I'm fake at this point in time. Well, yeah, it's totally understandable. But I've got a smile on my face. I'm standing up straight, but I'm still feeling sad. Well, just start breathing normal. And if I'm speaking, speak with energy. Now, what's going to happen there? Your body is going to... I am feeling better already. You may be. And typically, most people may have that show up. Looking good, Paul. Feeling good, Herman. (laughs) Researchers follow this and look at this in in a big way because we have the idea that your body doesn't want to be out of context or out of sync with your emotions. And therefore, you put this pressure on your emotions and your body getting back into sync. Thank you, Herman. So there you have it. We are not to be emotionless, just not emotion-led. Hey, Bill, can you time me to see how long I can hold my breath? Sure, Jim, but why are you holding your breath? I'm trying to slow my emotions down. I once knew a magician that could hold his breath and slow his heart rate down until it stopped. But to tell the truth, he only managed to do it once. There is no magic in slowing your emotions. All you have to do is make certain your emotions are not showing up improperly. You can help that by thinking before you act. Remember, emotions are always responders. By slowing your emotions down, you won't let your feelings control your actions. That's good news because the only magic trick I can do is to pretend to throw the ball for my dog when we play fetch. He thinks I can make the ball disappear. Join us next time when Herman invites you to slow your emotions down by thinking before you act. Herman won't be pulling any rabbits out of his hat. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.